to the Tennis IQ Podcast. I'm Josh Berger. And I'm Brian Lomax. And today's guest is Steve O'Connell. So Steve is an accomplished racket sport professional and educator who's a USPTA elite certified pro, wheelchair tennis instructor, certified platform tennis instructor, and a certified pickleball instructor. So there's a lot of racket sports involved there. Uh, through his careers in both tennis and education, Steve has been a longtime advocate of journaling and writing emphasizing the many benefits of these practices to his students. And journaling is the main topic of conversation today with Steve. I think players of all levels will be able to get something from this discussion to help them learn and improve their tennis. So please enjoy our conversation with Steve O'Connell. Steve O'Connell, welcome to the Tennis IQ Podcast. It's great to have you here today. Well, thanks for inviting me. Appreciate it. Um, To begin, we'd love to hear about your journey in tennis, how you get started with the sport, how you got into coaching. And obviously we'll get into the the whole topic of journaling, but even if you could just give us the your history, how you got involved with the sport and so forth, well, we'd love to hear that. Well, uh, it's sort of twofold. I grew up at a, uh, a yacht club, which had a very strong tennis presence. And so there was a very, um, very skilled and talented coach who was there for many years used to be the coach at MIT and we had a very strong junior program and I actually was a swimmer but I tried tennis one day and I I really loved it and I was pretty good at it so uh, from there I just started playing a lot of you know club tennis then USTA tournaments and I then I got involved with at that time Arthur Ashe was starting the National Junior Tennis League and uh we used to have them come by in the Australian, you know, Ken Rosewall and Rob Labor, and they would do exhibitions in our town, Stanford, Connecticut. And so I got to meet through an individual at the club who uh, helped start a chapter in our area. I got involved with the National Junior Tennis League. And that was my first teaching experience on a public court, Cummings Park in Stanford, Connecticut. And so from there, I sort of, you know, I played some more tennis got through the high school and I sort of took a year off. I traveled around um, and I ended up getting a, a tennis scholarship uh, to a junior college in Arizona. And that really opened my world up because I found out, you know, where the really good players are <laughs> and they're out in the Southwest, you know, in the, the warmer climb. So I spent time out there, uh, had a good experience, transferred to uh, uh, for a uh, a four-year school, played some tennis there. I actually was a walk-on and uh, uh, surprised a lot of people. Uh, and I had a very strong uh, aptitude for doubles. So uh, I helped the team out. They're now a Division One school. At that time, I think they were Division Two. And I got a job after I graduated at a local uh, uh, country club, Fairfield Estates. And uh, I was out there for, oh, probably about a year and a half. Came back to Connecticut and uh, got a job at an indoor club in Darien, which is where I am now. And uh, I guess for about 12, 13 years, that was my full-time work as a teaching a tennis professional. Family came along, needed a stable income, still taught tennis, and then I was getting into platform tennis. But uh, I got a, a master's in teaching and became a teacher. and. Uh, after 20 years of that, I stepped down from that, and I'm actually into my third career now. So uh, there was a lot in between there, but <laughs> I hope that helps out, giving you some background. 
For sure. And I think um, if you think about it, tennis coaching and teaching, I mean, coach and teacher, and I think John Wooden said this, are really interchangeable, right? I think he actually saw himself more as a teacher. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on that and, and, um, and, and how you've used that to help, you know, maybe your career in the classroom and on the tennis court? Well, certainly it's helped me. I mean, the, uh, the amount of professional development I've had, and I sort of gravitated toward teaching, reading, and writing uh, with kids. So there's a lot of background there. And uh, that has really helped me in terms of how I go about making lesson plans, planning curriculums, uh, and it's showing now in my third go-around because uh, the clients that we deal with, they notice how organized I am, and I take different approaches to having them learn and reflect upon what they're doing, whereas some other pros that work with me you know, they just get on there, they want to teach the lesson, and then they think they're done. So I'm the one who's always taking notes, who's always following up and uh, trying to, you know, pick away at how to help people coach themselves and improve themselves. And that's probably from the education background. Could you tell us a little, a little bit more about that, um, that third career, that third stage of, of your career, about what, what you're doing uh, now, what you're doing currently? Well, when I came back into coaching, I actually went back into coaching high school, a high school team. And uh, I was fortunate to have a good player that first year back. They had one of the best years they've ever had. And uh, then I started teaching for some um, not-for-profits like First Serve Bridgeport, helping them out and coaching with them. And, and by the way, in, in the meantime, I've always been heavily involved with the USBTA, so always working with coaches. And that's another reason I gravitated toward becoming a tester to, uh, you know, mentor other pros to become certified and then to actually certify them and help them with uh, improving their careers uh, and making, making that step forward. So when I came back, it's sort of, a lot of these things were sort of natural, but it's amazing what happens after, you know, you've been away from something, you come back to it. And I'm so much better than I was, you know, when I was younger, we can all say that, but I have so much experience and I can see, you know, the mistakes I made and how I go about it now. So I'm much more uh, methodical and reflective in how I'm, you know, teaching somebody, how I'm managing a program and working with individuals. So this is my my third time coming back, you know, tennis teacher, school teacher, and now full-time racket sports instructor. And I'm into platform tennis and, and pickleball too. But, uh, you know, tennis has always been the main drive in my life. So let's jump into our, our topic of journaling, Steve. And um, for those who don't know, you and I actually did a webinar last spring. I think it was a year ago. All right. Yeah, it seems longer at some some ways and maybe not as long in other ways. But, um, you know, this is a topic I know you're passionate about. Um, and, uh, you know, how did you get involved in journaling? How was it introduced to you? How did you start to use it in your own life, um, you know, to help you build self-awareness and, and other aspects of your, of your career? Well, uh, obviously through school. 
Um, and I think it was in college. I had a, a teacher and had us do a lot of journaling. I took a lot of classes where we had to, you know, keep notes and notebooks and, and reflect upon things that we observed or saw and, and keep coming back to it. And that really caught my attention. I really enjoyed it. You know, I like the idea of coming back to something that I've written and I can reflect upon all kinds of things. And, you know, a week later, a month later, a year later, I really, really gravitated toward it. Then, uh, of course, when I came back and got into teaching, um, I, I got to see and meet briefly and watch Jim Lore uh, in his, you know, when he started his, his career, successful career with tennis players. Uh, and he, he was always big on that journaling and asking these questions, um, self-talk, et cetera. Uh, and then a lot of professional development in teaching and and also in, uh, you know, USPTA conferences or things like that, I always gravitated toward that idea of, you know, catching your breath and reflecting upon your self-worth and what is my goal? What am I doing? How am I getting there? And actually putting things down, writing it down so you have a reference point. And it, it just attracted me. And I've used it ever since. And I saw success in the classroom and I said, I've seen success on the court. Could you tell us um, a little bit more about that process of how um, you started using it on the court with, uh, with players that you work with? Well, it is very, uh, I had to find ways initially it was kind of sloppy because <clears throat> you can't just tell whether they're high school kids or, Anybody, just uh, write down how you feel about your forehand right now or something like that, or what do you need to work on? You actually had to provide them with, with some suggestions and tools. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, po like positive affirmations, that kind of self-talk, and write this one down, and, and then what are your personal feelings about that? You know, I, am a, I can hit that forehand. I am a good player on the forehand side. And how do you really feel about it? So that was probably uh, the one thing that uh, really caught my attention is making it workable for a court situation for the brief time that you have. And that eventually led to smaller notebooks and maybe one page entries. And then eventually write three words down to describe what you just did. So I, I try to be as concise as possible, but have the biggest impact. And uh, it's, I'm still learning. It's still a challenge to do that, but that's what, that's what came out of my experience. Yeah. And, you know, I know that USTA player development and several other organizations have certain prompts to help with uh, with this whole reflection process, so that I think you've, you've mentioned you know players want to understand what they've done well, what they need to perhaps work on, what they've learned, maybe even reflect on a performance and specific adjustments that may they may have made that were positive, what they might do to um, 
if they had the opportunity to do it all over again. And sometimes, you know, I, I like your idea, Steve, of you know, keeping it concise and short because uh, some of these journals look a little overwhelming at first and almost become, uh, just maybe their length becomes a barrier in a way to doing it. As well as, I think, in today's society where I think people are writing less, you know, by hand and in notebooks. There's a real demand to be trying to do these things, these things digitally. Um, and I know that you're working with some players on um, on journaling and and hopefully with a, an eye toward helping um, performance and learning and so forth, right? So what have, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced as you try to introduce journaling to, to tennis students or even students in general? Um, I'm a stickler for pencil and paper. And there's a reason for that. But so that's one of the things, because if you have a student use their phone or even a, even an iPad or something like that, guess what? Next thing you know, they're off doing something else or they're checking that, you know, checking if they got any messages. So I try to keep it as, uh, I don't want to, I could say sterile, but as clean as possible and to show them even to the point where they'll write something down and then I keep it for the next, to do this in, in school for the next time we meet so it doesn't get lost. That's another trick is, you know, you manage their, <laughs> their, their journal uh, storage. So, um, that's that's a huge challenge because especially with kids nowadays but i'm fine when they when i do it they get a great degree of satisfaction when they have their aha experience or they make a connection and i think that's that's what we're here for you know that uh i think the word is visceral experience um because isn't that what you're doing when you're hitting a tennis ball? It's not electronic. It's real. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that that definitely resonates with me. That um, that that process of writing down your thoughts and uh, your development, whether it be uh, through practice and how things are going on the practice court each each time you're out there, or through your match experiences, or even something unrelated to tennis, how you're feeling about something in general and being able to look back at that and reflect and have that, that light bulb go off or that aha moment is, is what it's all about is really where that, that leap is made. Um, and where, you know, you can reach that next level of development. Um, and, and oftentimes without ever writing it down, just by keeping it in your head, you never actually end up getting there. True. Um, and the more you do it, uh, I, I'm, it's almost like sowing seeds. Not all the seeds are going to sprout and you're going to come back and you're not going to be impressed by all the plants that come up, but there'll be some that are going to make you feel, wow, that was cool. Because I know the more I write continuously and more routinely, there's a lot that will get lost with time, but there's a lot that comes back and has meaning. Yeah, I find that, you know, I, I have several of my players do journals with prompts. And it's interesting to just 
have conversations about those. In, in many ways, they're great conversation starters. Um, what I do notice is that many players, when they first begin journaling, they pretty simply answer the prompts. They don't go into a lot of depth necessarily, which is fine. Um, but that gives, I think, the coach or the teacher the opportunity then to, okay, why why did that happen? Or why did that go well? Um, with the hope that someday the player will automatically answer that question simply by, you know, knowing that it's probably going to get asked in any way by you, me, or Josh, that, that type of thing. And in fact, I was working with a player this morning who is... He's sort of famous in, in my world for just um, answering very specifically, oh, you know, what went well, he'll just bullet point them, thanks. So I, very, I, I had some follow-up questions that he needed to answer in order to, to go deeper because I feel like when it's about driving more self-awareness, it's kind of like peeling an onion. There are many, many layers to that. And I think we're actually teaching players the skill of looking deeper and being more introspective so that, all right, maybe he or she is 13 or 14 right now. Imagine their journaling practice, you know, when they're a little bit older, you know, even just in college, how, how might that benefit them if they can develop some of those habits now? So I'm curious, Steve, with respect to like when you introduce it to players or students, um, you know, everybody has this sort of like what's in it for me kind of thing. How do you describe the benefits of this to them, whether that be short-term or long-term? Well, I, I look at it, and I tell this to people all the time, um, and they look at me kind of funny. And I tell them, I can't teach you how to play. I can't teach you how to be a better, better player. I can guide you. I can give you best practice. But you have to keep coming back and become more self-aware so that you'll discover how to acquire a skill. You'll discover the better strategy. So, you know, and I can just look to my own example and, and see the mistakes that I made. I can share them, um, you know, not listening and just not keeping track of things as opposed to when I did. How did I get through high school and college? Uh, a lot of these things. Um, you know, it was constant reflection. And for me, since I'm a, a visceral kind of person, uh, writing things down with a passion, uh, even to the point where writing things down that I seem to be wasting my time doing it, but it kept me focused. So I can only, exp I can only share with them what worked for me and what I've seen work for others. And then they take it from there. But most of them do. If they try it, it makes sense to them. And then when they discover the value of it, they can't get enough. Are there specific, um, and, and, and this would go for, um, for both of you, Brian and Steve, um, but are there specific times where um, each of you find it best um, to journal? Uh, so whether that be after you know a match or practice, um, but is there you know a specific 
period of time where maybe it's, you know, at the end of a tournament, um, a few hours later, or maybe it'd be the next day. I mean, I know, and I think I've discussed this on the podcast before that I used to, you know, after a loss or after maybe a disappointing performance would, would always like to have at least an hour, maybe at, at times a couple hours to sort of just sit with it myself before really talking about it too much or reflecting on it. Um, so from each of your experiences, have you found a, a good amount of time um, that's best? And maybe it varies from person to person um, that works best in terms of starting that journaling process on an experience? Do you mean specifically within a, a day's time or over the course of a season or just in a routine? I guess I guess this would be more in terms of a match, um, but I, you could answer I mean, yeah. in terms of a match or a practice, but yeah, on a specific day or on a specific event. Well, if it's, let's say it's for a particular um, skill set, then uh, I would want it before we worked on it I would want th- want them to answer some questions uh, about their confidence in, let's say, hitting a drop shot. Um, how do you feel about it? What do you think you need to do? Then comes in the instruction, and you have them during that process reflect on, okay, we just did, you know, six out of ten, and you were successful. Let's have you write down how you think you got you were able to do that because you weren't doing that before. And then if you improve it even more after the, they acquire that skill set and they, have, they can call upon it, to look at the different phases, the beginning, the middle, and the end, where they are right now, and then reflect on how did you get there? What did you do? What steps did you take? And when you were taking those steps, what was your confidence level? And did it improve over time as opposed to where you're at now? So, you know, that's, that would be just for a particular skill set. Some of them um, are, could be more long-term, like over the course of a season. Uh, and that would be that sort of uh, come under the, the title of periodic training. It could be periodic mental training. You know, you have your, your, uh, off season, then you have your preseason, you have your season, your postseason. All of those are phases where you could have a player or a team reflect on goals, attainment of goals. How are we doing? Did we meet our goals? And that way you create some kind of a habit that they can carry with them. I don't know if that helps answer the question, but. Well, I think it's a really. Um interesting way to to run a lesson i mean not only interesting i think it's a great way to do that because um you're helping them like in the moment build some of those associations build that awareness of what's going on and then you're using i think even jim lair calls it this you know certain performance variables that you're asking them to measure like you said confidence there and those are probably um customizable to whoever your student is and how you know them and maybe those performance variables change over time. So I think it's cool that you're doing that, say, in a lesson. And then, like you said, Steve, you get to keep the journal and bring it back the next time. Yeah. So, right, you're, you're taking care of the storage aspect, which I think is cool. Um, and I also like the, you know, the seasonal thing, kind of, you know, from a goal attainment perspective. Um, that's a good way of, say, 
looking forward like, all right, what do I want to get out of this season perhaps? Or who do I want to be at the end of this season? Or who, who, do, who would we like to accomplish? Who do we need to be as a team to accomplish our goals? And uh, that's a great way to then say, all right, here's our vision. Now what are we going to go do to, to achieve that? I think that's, that's a cool thing. I think to go back to your question, Josh, you know, with respect to say like match performances, that probably is also somewhat customizable to the player and, and maybe even the experience. For example, a difficult loss may may not be something you write about right away. Um, so I know I had a, a call from a player and his mom over the weekend, and I knew like journaling right in the in the moment was not the right thing to do. That would be like a let's wait a day to 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 get through that. Um, I think the only thing that we have to be aware of with that is you know any memory decrement that could occur. Yes, will will we forget certain things? by waiting. Um, I think, I don't know what your experience is, but it seems to me like if we can do it within 24 hours of performance, that's, I think that's probably good enough. Um, some players may write it just about the weekend in general, if they're playing an event. Um, college tennis is a little bit different because um, you have a day there. So I don't know, what would have been your experiences, Josh, with how you've worked that with players? Yeah, I think I think uh, it, it does depend a little bit um, on the individual. Um, different strokes for different folks, as as we say. But uh, yeah, I, I would say definitely within twenty four to forty eight hours, um, you don't want them to forget about some of the the details. But especially after maybe a, a more challenging experience, it does take a little bit um, more time. Um, but I, I think it, it can be a little bit customizable. Um, but I also like that both of you have touched on this concept of not just reflecting on um, maybe more negative experiences, but also thinking about, hey, what if, if I had a good tournament or good performance, what went well? How can we think about replicating what went well today and learn from our successes as well so that we can hopefully repeat them and uh, you know identify those characteristics that we included in, in the performance so that we can hopefully make that um, more common? Yeah, for sure. So, so Steve, like when we presented last spring, you know, our audience was coaches, essentially. You know, we've been more or less talking about students up until now. But it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Journaling can be of great benefit to anyone, regardless of what their profession is. So um what are some themes if, if you were, let's say, and, and, you, and you probably do this, when you mentor coaches, um, how do you introduce the, the topic of journaling for them? Because they may be thinking about, well, that's for my students. It's not for me. Well, it's what I do in, in instruction all the time, too, with my students. I will ask them, why should I write in a journal? I just turn it over to them and they're going to tell me. And that, it re, that really exposes a lot of things where either they have a deficit of understanding about journaling they never have, or you get all kinds of good things that come back. Uh, so, and so that gives me a starting point uh, with a lot of coaches. Um, you know, they, everybody's, you know, written their paper, their term paper, they've written their opinion pieces. But uh, the thing about journaling, it sort of departs from uh, 
the writing process because it's basically just one continuous brainstorm. It can be focused, but I always just like with, with the kids that I used to teach in school, we had something called a writer's notebook. And anything goes in a writer's notebook. All right, we got 15 minutes. We're going to write in your notebook. They could draw a picture. They could write a story. We have a word bank. Take a word, write about the word. They have prompts, anything. Write about how you feel. It's this continuous process and connection physically to um, reflecting on, on how you feel, your mind, and what you're doing. And making that connection, that physical connection. And if you do it time and time again, it's, you're going to become more, it's going to come easier. Your ability to, uh, you know, just sink in and latch on to uh, what you were writing about before. Thoughts you were having and making those connections. So that's how I approach it with coaches. And usually I'm successful, but not all the time. I like that that suggestion on having, um, you know, you set a, a period of time, maybe it's you set a timer um, and just letting it flow, almost having right. it be a stream of consciousness and maybe not editing it or worrying about, you know, as much about typos or anything like that, but just sort of letting it flow um, which can sort of block the, some of that, that self-criticism if you're sort of, um, I know for myself, sometimes when I'm writing uh, and I'm trying to edit sentence by sentence as I'm going, it, it, it's, it's almost uh, paralysis by analysis at a certain point where it can really slow, slow down that entire process. Or if you can just sort of let it all out and then maybe you look back at it after and make changes if need be, uh, it, it can be a lot more fruitful. So I, I really do like that suggestion. Um, so how, how have you found, have you found any, any major differences between um, the, this process of teaching um, athletes, um, the journaling process compared to, to teaching coaches? I think um, in my experience, coaches are a little easier. The, the, the you know, and uh, my experience is working with uh, a lot of, you know, high school age kids. And then I jump over to, you know, parents who have kids, high school age kids. Um, but I think the, uh, the students are harder to work with, especially on court. So that's where there's a challenge. You have to really compartmentalize what you're trying to do and you have to do it and be prepared when you get there. So if I want them to do something, I have to do it quickly give them their little notebook. Okay. Write down three words about this. And then after a while, okay, time to collect them. It's, it's not, you know, that, that is something that is probably the biggest challenge because, you know, you're there on the court and you're there to, to learn and play and you want to make your mistakes and learn from your mistakes, but you want to be active. So that's always been the biggest challenge. But coaches usually, you know, it's like the three of us right now. Um, we have an understanding of of what we're trying to do, and we see a value in in uh, in this topic. So, coaches are a little easier to work with, in my experience. Yeah, which makes sense, I think. Um, 
Yeah. I think the other thing that can be difficult with students is just from a coaching perspective, can you maintain the discipline of, of giving out the journal and getting them to do it? Or will you be a little bit tired one day and say, all right, let's just move on to whatever drill may come up. Right. Right. Well, that's where my education comes in. I, I always come to the, the court with a clipboard and I know exactly what I'm, if I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, that's when things can get chaotic. So, and, and you know, I also have to do this for the other pros who aren't as invested in this kind of an approach until they realize how valuable it is. So it's a lot of hard work. It's a pain in the neck, but it pays off. Yeah, I was going to ask about that that point um, that, that both of you were touching on on sort of the the consistency piece or the um, whether it's driven by the coach, driven by the player, the, the sports psych professional, ultimately, how can we help players or help individuals get to the point where they're, they're doing this, um, you know, more, more consistently and maybe starting as Brian, as you touched on starting to think about some of these ideas from the prompts on their own. Um, so maybe it's, okay, what are some, uh, what, what are certain things that went well in this experience? What are certain things that didn't go as well? What did I learn from this experience? But starting through that process, and Steve, you touched on how through journaling more and more, you start to get better at, at the process. But um, how can we help, and I, this is for either of you, how can we help individuals get to that point where it becomes more of a habit and um, it becomes more more consistent where maybe they don't need that reminder at a certain point, but they've built it into their routine and their, their schedule. Well, that's interesting because that's through my, uh, my experience as a tester, uh, trying to, I mean, you see all kinds come across your path when you're, when you're a tester, people come that are just completely unprepared for what they're they're supposed to do. Then we have the long chest list check, uh, checklist, of things, uh, you know, as you may know, things that you're supposed to do in a lesson that you're being evaluated on that, no, you don't do that every lesson that you teach because you're putting on a show. But the value of it is that it, it is very succinct and the lesson is broken down into parts. And you're supposed to do this within the first 10 minutes and you need to make sure you do A, B, C, and D. Uh, so... I, I know I'm I'm a clipboard person and I try to I try to get pros. You should always have, you know, your lesson plan. You should always have, uh, you know, a list of the people's names that you're teaching that day, and also any reminders on a particular whatever you're working on. Um, I'm a big I use idioms all the time, so I have those in my lesson plans. You know, soft and low steals the show. You know, down the middle solves the riddle. These are, you know, mnemonic devices that people remember. And they also, you, you can break the ice with them too on the court. But um, if you have the, uh, the kind of mind that can organize things without writing them down, well, more power to you. But I always have to have something that uh, is going to cue my memory so I'll know what to do. I'm not always reading off of something, but it's just good to have it there. So that's, I think, that's how coaches can get started. And that, that will help them uh, develop good habits. And I think from a player perspective, Josh, um, people like you, me, and Steve can be 
accountability partners on the whole journaling process. But at some point, we're looking for that transition of I'm doing this for Josh to I'm doing this for me. And that then is probably the coolest moment when that when that does occur. Um, because then I think we actually see more introspective content ending up in the journal once it's been, you know, sort of transferred. I'm no longer having to do this for someone else. I want to do this for myself. Um, and, and hopefully then it can become sort of a, a lifelong process, whether we're talking about tennis or, or anything else, because there are a lot of different things we could journal on. Um, as human beings, you know, and I, Steve, you in our presentation mentioned a lot of different types of journals one could use different, um, uh, you know, and, and with different purposes, you know, so um, I think, you know, some examples were like, you know, having a personal journal, a concept journal, you had a connecting journal, visualization, key phrase, there are a lot of different options, there are no, you're not locked into anything here. No, I mean it, it. It can it can run the gamut. I mean, I must have personally. I must have maybe seven or eight separate journals. Some are daily. Um, some are a weekly or monthly. Um, I think I mentioned last time I had one one that I wrote put entries in. It was a personal journal, and then in the next entry is sixteen years later. <laughs> I found it. I found it uh, a while. Well, back in you know the the COVID times, I found it again, and it was 16 years later than that. So over the span of 32 years, I have four or five entries, but it's very interesting to me. It's personal. So, I mean, that's an exaggerated an exaggerated uh, example, but that's uh, that what can that's what can happen with these. All depends on what the purpose of it is. Now, you know, entry from 16 years ago probably gives you some perspective on, okay, yes. wow, I've come quite a ways since that time. How am I similar? How have I changed? I mean, it's very interesting when you actually have that comparison. And that's, uh, you know, with my kids and, you know, my mom kept, I have stuff that I wrote from when I was a little kid. And they kept it in a little notebook and so i have that to show my kids and now i have their stuff so they can show their but it's just interesting to see uh you know how things have changed and how some things haven't changed and that really is is how you move forward yeah yeah i would i would definitely agree that by that process not just of keeping the journal but of taking the time periodically to, to reflect back on those experiences. Uh, maybe it's the night before a match and you're feeling a little bit nervous and you can look back at um, past journal entries and say, hey, this is an experience where I was feeling just like this two months ago. And what happened? Oh, oh, look, the tournament ended up going just fine. I ended up playing well. Or, okay, I was feeling a little nervous when I went on court, but I was able to incorporate some breathing. Or I went back to my routines that I've established, and I got through that experience. And I think being able to look back at um, your journal, whether it's from two months ago or from 16 years ago, and to um, see where you were at then, as you said, Steve, see some of the similarities or the differences 
um, and you know, learn and reflect on those experiences uh, can help you with where you're at right now in this moment. I, I think one of the things we reflected upon too, uh, Brian, when we did our, our seminar was, I just noticed it here, people crave structure. I, I think we're all, that's just from our, it's either innate or it's from our training, our upbringing. Um, and that's something that this gives to what can be a chaotic experience of, of being involved in a match and seeming out of control. Um, whereas you really do have control if you just calm down and think about it. But uh, so this, is, this helps uh, give people that structure toward whatever goal they have. And Josh, you're, I think you often refer to Brad Gilbert's Winning Ugly on our, our, our podcast. Oh, that's a good book, yes. Yeah, and I, I believe, I may get this wrong, so correct me guys if I do, but that he had basically two journals that he discussed in the book. One was really more of a sort of a learning journal, then the other was a scouting report journal. Little black, I think his Little Black Book. That's yeah, um, which can also be very helpful before a tournament, right, Josh? That... Hey, I've played so and so before, and what happened last time? And you know, we all live in New England. New England's a pretty small tennis community when it comes to competitive tennis. You're going to run into many of the same players over and over again, um, and it's it's very helpful to refer back to the last time that you played that person, um, and, and it will just help inform your game plan for the next one even more so rather than perhaps using just a generic one. So I, I found that to be very helpful. But it, similar to what you're talking about, Steve, I think looking back on your journal entries from the past can also help you understand how much you have developed as a player. Very often players, I think this is sort of the egocentric aspect of, of tennis, we compare ourselves to others, which is not necessarily a fair comparison. We have all lived different lives, make different choices, etc. But it's fair to compare yourself to you. So if you can look back three months, six months, a year, and look at some of your journal entries, or um, maybe we had some other performance variables that we were looking at at that moment in time, that's a great way to start to build some confidence in terms of how, how you have developed. So I'm curious, Josh, your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely agree that that, that is the most productive type of comparison to um to your past and to where you were at um any period of time um in the past but yeah i i like that you're bringing up um these other types of journals that you can look back at your journal um of of match experiences and maybe even have a journal of particular opponents um maybe you play somebody and then you don't play them again for another year year and a half and yeah, you might remember something about the match or something about your game, but are you really going to remember all of the specific details? What led to the result? Maybe it was um, a certain shot that you were able to identify as a weakness and you're able to break down, or maybe it was um, their second serve was weak or whatever it is. So I think, um, yeah, I, I would definitely agree that um, taking some scouting notes, um, also in a team setting, um, in a team setting where you, where you might play, maybe it's high school or college tennis, and you might play somebody um, from a team in the conference this season, and then one of your teammates might play that same opponent the following year. 
Um, so that can, that can definitely be helpful. One, one thing that I do um, more on the coaching side rather than on the sports psych side um, is when I'm teaching a lesson to somebody, and this would not generally be if I'm teaching um, a weekly lesson, but maybe it's somebody who hasn't taken a lesson with me in the past. And maybe we go through, you know, we spend that hour and we go through a lot of different things related to, um, you know, each of the major shots, forehand, backhand, uh, volley, serve. Um, I, I'll say, you know, I, and I, I, I almost say this verbatim each time, but I'll say, hey, while this is fresh in your mind, just take a couple minutes and write it down because it's so easy to lose track of it, right? We talk about a couple of specific things on your forehand. Okay, write down those couple of specific things so that next time you're out there on court, maybe it's a week from now, it's very easy to forget them. And I think that um, goes back to the same theme that just by writing it down and by taking the time to actually look back at it and to reflect on it, um, it makes it so much easier um, for, for this in a, in a coaching perspective when you're back out on court and so that you can learn from those experiences and hopefully build on them rather than going back to square one, back to maybe old habits that haven't worked in the past. Yeah. Or what, just what you happen to remember from the last lesson. Right. I think it's a great practice. Yeah, that's it. That's important. I mean, I use it as we speak when I teach with other pros because I learn things all the time. I have a lesson plans and she's doing something that we talked about, but she's putting the the dots in a different spot. Why is that? So I make a note and then talk, you know, I talk to the pro. Hey, that makes sense, you know. I you know, we were I we we're aiming here, but you get this here. I think that I'm gonna incorporate that. So I mean, there you go. I'm learning, becoming becoming a better teacher. And I think you're touching on something I think is important, Steve, because you don't look at that as say a threat to your own ego. You're like more interested in, hey, that's going to make me better. I, I'm learning is something that's really sort of core to who I am. Doesn't matter right. whose idea it is, right? And I think that 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 can also be perhaps a, a, a benefit of of learning a journal is having that self awareness and being a little bit less about the ego and more about who you want to be as a professional or as a person, and and developing that. And then taking notes on those types of things. I mean, for me, I have kind of a couple of different journals that I use. And one of them is, I would say, similar to what you just described, more of a learning journal. I typically apply it to things that I read. So I'll, I'll read something in the morning and then we'll, <clears throat> based on whatever you know, that particular reading prompted in me, I'll write something about it for the next, you know, 10 to 15 minutes and, and do that by hand. Um, and it's been really beneficial to, to do that. It starts to sort of change who I am as I read, you know, more and more interesting things, um, whether that being about being a sports psych professional or being a coach or just about life in general. Um, it's been a great way to, to start to apply that learning because I think it's easy to read something but if you can write about it, talk about it, teach it to someone else, then you're really you're taking that learning process to an extra step. So I'm curious, Steve, like how you like to approach learning. Is there is there an aspect of you know one of your journals? Is it a, is it more of a learning type of journal um, that helps benefit you know you in your career? 
more of more of a, a, a note taking activity, but in a specific kind of notebook that I use and I keep in my my briefcase and I take it from the court back to home and when I'm doing lesson plans and or if I'm writing a, a an article or something, it's something I refer back to. Especially when I run into a you know a writer's block or what was that thing that 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 pro was doing and, and hopefully I wrote it down <laughs> at the time. So, um, but all of that involvement contributes to my learning process and my own self improvement. Um, you know, either it's affirming things or I'm discovering something, uh, learning something new or adding to what knowledge I already have. Yeah, no, that I, um, to, to what you, you were both touching on is that, you know, this, whether it's, um, whether, whether it's Brian, as you were saying, um, you, you read, you, you read a chapter, a couple chapters and reflecting on it right away. Um, or, um, you know, after, uh, Steve, as you're saying other coaches and you see something that they, that they're doing that, um, Hey, I never thought of doing it that way. Um, and, and writing that down, or, um, as I'm talking about, you know, teaching a lesson and writing something down after the fact, it's going to be a lot easier to, um, to develop and to, to continue developing, um, with that written down, because then the next time you're out there, you can, you can build on that. And it's easy, so easy to forget things as we've touched on many times. If it's not written down, if you're just keeping it in your brain, hoping to remember it the next time, um, that you're in a similar situation, yeah, you might be able to recall it, but you're, you're far more likely to, if it's written down in a, um, in an organized way. Um, I, I know for myself, sometimes I've, made the mistake of putting things in, in different places, not even in, not even like what you're saying, Steve, in terms of having different journals, but almost trying to having, you know, a journal that that's in one place and then maybe writing something down in a, on a random piece of paper and then writing other things down in the notes section of my iPhone. And then it's not in a coordinated way where I can actually look back at it and take the time to reflect on it. So I think that organization piece is something that I found within my own life has, um, has been challenging at times, but is, is of the utmost importance in terms of going through a process of actually learning and reflecting on them. Because if it's, if, if your notes are scattered, then when it, when you actually need them, maybe when it is the night before the match or you have, a training session coming up that it's, it's tough to actually access them. Yeah, true. So Josh, you know, as we um, maybe begin to, to wrap things up here, um, we've been talking about journaling or, or maybe even just like logging things together. Um, what are some things that you'd like to leave the audience with, with respect to journaling, whether that, maybe sort of your best tips on how to get started, why to do it, um, particular formats that you would, you know, like to endorse. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the why is, um, is something that we've been touching on is that, um, you know, you, you want to be able to reflect, you want to be able to examine what happened each time that you're out on court. Or, or not on court, um, if you wanted to reflect on, on other experiences as well. But you want to be able to learn from your experiences, good, bad, or otherwise. 
Um, so to, to me, that's, that's really the why. Um, and in terms of getting started, um, and we've talked about this in terms of starting other habits, but you want to, to me, you want to start small. You want to start simple. Um, and it's a skill, like we've talked about other skills, um, that you build over time. And you gain confidence in that skill by that retention, by doing it on a consistent basis. So starting small with, you know, maybe it's a minute or maybe it's five minutes and just, you know, writing down, okay, what, um, I, I like the three, two, one, I believe it was Bernie holiday. Who's, um, sports psych professional and, and in major league baseball, who, um, he uses a three, two, one, very, very simple. It's easy to remember three things that went wrong, two things that didn't, didn't, sorry, three things that went well, two things that didn't go well. And then one thing that you learned from that one takeaway. So I think starting like that, and it could just be bullet points. Um, it could just be bullet points. I also really like Steve, what you're saying about that, um, you know, just writing for a period of time, uh, maybe not going back and editing or worrying too much about all the, um, specific details, but going and, you know, sort of that, that stream of consciousness, which I have found as well works well, but, um, yeah, starting small. And then in terms of, um, formats. I've, I've found uh, athletes have success in different ways. Sometimes it is by hand. Sometimes it is, um, you know, so some of these apps that are out there or websites where you can um, put it all in one place. Um, I will add as well that it's good to, um, wh- whichever format you choose, it's good to be consistent in that so that it's all together for you and organized. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, start where you are, start, start small, don't get overwhelmed by, um, you know, trying to do too much on that first day or that first week, build the habit first and then add to it step by step. Yeah, Steve, what are your thoughts on that? Getting started, best practices, etc. Well, how many times on the court have, have students or yourself said, why did I do that? Why, why, why did I hit that ball where I hit it? Or why didn't I see this coming? And that's the beginning. So uh, a famous philosopher, was it Aristotle? To know thyself. Okay. So that's the beginning. You need to get to know yourself. And you'll be able to answer those questions as to why you did what you just did. So to be succinct, that is really the start of the journey. And, And then it becomes an adventure and it become it can become fun and uh you're just gonna you're gonna improve over time and as you said in our webinar steve the unexamined life is not worth living you quoted socrates there yes Um, yes you know and i think that that's uh it's a valuable thing for all of us to keep in mind we only get one shot at this why not take some time to examine what we're doing and, and make it our best shot possible. And I think uh, a practice like journaling or some type of reflective practice, however that, you know, we decide to um, incorporate that into our, our lives, our careers, our performances is is certainly going to be helpful. So Steve, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. It was really a pleasure to to speak with you on this topic and um, hope to uh, keep in touch with your efforts as you, um, work with uh, students on journaling and in your own experiences. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Really enjoyed the time spent. 
Well, that was a great conversation with Steve. Um, I would say one of the biggest takeaways that I had um, is really the benefits of writing, of that process of journaling, and how um, the when you look back at, at a journal, whether it's from a week before or whether it's from 16 years earlier, as, as Steve was talking about, how um, it can help you remember um, some of that progress that you've made along the way. Um, Maybe you look at something that you're going through right now and some of the challenges um, and, and you thinking about that situation. And then you look back at your journal from a year prior or from two months prior and you see a different hurdle that you're going through and you can think about how you overcame that. Um, I think whether it's something like a match, a challenging match that you've had, um, or whether it's a new skill that you're developing on court or you're building, or even a positive match and trying to learn from that, um, not just the act of journaling, but the act of looking back at your journals and learning from those past experiences, whether positive, negative, or or neutral, um, is probably, to me, right up there with the most important aspects of the journaling process. So I really liked that part of the conversation. Yeah, that was, that was very good. And I, I think I also like the idea of journaling or writing just because of the introspective nature of it. Very often as we're taking thoughts that may be rattling around in our head and we're committing them to paper, certain mental clarity often occurs and you may even begin to connect dots a little bit more. And we're obviously talking, you know, in terms of tennis, I think a lot of learning and improving can occur through this journaling or writing process, whether they be prompts or if you're, or if you just sort of stream of consciousness writing about what happened and what your thoughts were, I think you start to make connections, you start to learn lessons, um, you start to, you know, perhaps even know yourself better, become more aware of, of certain things. And so I think, um, just for that reason alone, trying to get into the habit of, of just writing, again, whether you're using prompts, um, you know, certainly there are a lot of different player journals out there that can help you prepare and then evaluate matches or um, you know, Brad Gilbert, as we mentioned in the episode, talked about the two notebooks that he had and one of them being really for scouting players, another thing to look back on. Um, but I, I just, if you just think about the skill itself or the practice itself and the introspective nature and the ability to bring more clarity to your thoughts so that it's all not cluttered in your head. Um, I've heard someone, I, I can't remember where the quote came from, but that you should not use your brain as a storage facility. You should use it as an idea generator. And so one of the reasons to do journaling is to get everything out on paper um, and, and, and let it be stored there. And I always thought that was kind of a a cool way to to look at things. So, well, that's our show for today. Once again, many thanks to Steve O'Connell for being our guest and thank you for listening. For more on today's show, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for me and Josh, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use the Twitter hashtag tennisiq. Additionally, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, including YouTube, so you can be notified of new episodes. You can also check out our Instagram account for new notifications of episodes. Thanks again, and we will talk to you soon in our next episode.